0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy New Year. We made it. Welcome to Dear Black Man, You Good? A podcast where black men can share space, connect, collab, chop it up, and heal. A podcast for us, by us. Please don't forget this is a therapeutic support group and not therapy. Now, we will cover topics that relate or closely relate to mental health, But be advised, this podcast does not replace therapy. With that being said, pull up and tune in from wherever you are and enjoy this dope black space.
1: All right, y'all. Welcome back to another group session. Thank y'all for being here. Um, Let's get into our check-in. So again, your name, feeling, pronouns, location. and That's it whoever wants to start
2: i'll start uh of troy he him pronouns coming out of west philadelphia and i'm feeling elated excited to be in space with y'all and a little overstimulated by the internet
0: today um but all in all i'm very well i go next i am joshua coming in from west philadelphia uh, going with by he, him pronouns. I am feeling energetic. Uh, I'm feeling eager and I'm also feeling very thankful. Uh, had to look at the feelings well in order to uh, really grab those emotions. But yeah, the new year, I enjoy it. I could go next. I'm Daryl.
3: I'm in Washington, D.C. My pronouns are he, him. My feelings are. I'm feeling really grateful. I'm grateful for a lot of my friends. So if y'all listening, I love y'all. It's <laughs> <That's> just it. <laughs> hey, uh, uh,
4: the, I'm Eric from Philadelphia Pronounce him uh, right now I'm experiencing a, a rollercoaster of emotions, but, uh, right now I am feeling important. Uh, I am feeling hopeful and powerful because I'm here with all of you and the, you're like, uh, what's the, what is the thing that makes Superman strong? The sun? Yeah, you guys are my sons or oh, whatever. You just, you make me feel like I'm doing something good. So I appreciate all
0: y'all. Oh, thanks. Ditto. So, what you said. Good. I couldn't unhear the Nikki I couldn't unhear Nicki Minaj <laughs> <Benazza>. it's <laughs> about
4: Wait, is that a Nicki Minaj line?
0: Yeah,
3: she said uh, that Oh okay. I don't you know, I don't listen to Nicki Minaj.
1: But, uh, okay. So that's so been, what, what, it's an older out it's an older song, but that's one of the songs like one of the songs that I actually do really enjoy. Did it, did it on or did it on is as as a clean name. But
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> um, thank you for that. I am Marvin, I'm using he, him pronouns today. I'm, uh, tuning in from Oakland, California, Bay Area. Um, today, feeling, my feeling today. really busy today, I had a lot of sessions and meetings today. Um, but all, all good stuff. Um, and also just eager, eager, um, you know, with the new year, I'm having a lot of, uh, movement for a lot of my side projects, new groups coming, and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited and looking forward to, um, working on some of that stuff. Um, and then I am on vacation next week and the gap there will be in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I am, uh, very much looking forward to it and been, to the island and um, over fifteen years, so yeah, should be nice. being on, on the beach. We all are here in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> um. You said what? We need the last part. Yeah. Well, you got it. But um. So <laughs> oh, thank y'all for 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 checking in. Um, I just wanted to reiterate the group rules, just because, just in case folks forgot. Folks may be you know just tuning in. It's always a good reminder. So, uh, so again, this space is a resource for your success, not your downfall. So be open-minded, respectful, lean into discomfort and challenge yourself. Um, honesty, participate, no judgment, be mindful of what you sound like when you're speaking, especially of times of disagreement or conflict, be willing to heal, step up and step back. And so for that one, if you have if you're comfortable taking up a lot of space, talking a lot, making sure you notice that and taking a step back when maybe you been realizing you've been talking a lot and then for the folks that are comfortable not talking, y'all taking a step up because we know that there's, you know, amazing things going on in that brain. We want to hear it. Um, listen to pay attention and ask questions and then listen out resistance. All right. Um, so today I wanted to, uh, kind of talk about a thing that black men have a very hard time with sometimes, and that is emotions. That is opening up emotionally every time, not every time, most times that I have a new client, um, I start off by asking them how they're feeling and they're like, I'm good. And I'm like, "True question. <laughs> is that, that is not a <laughs> And then, uh, you know, refer them to feelingswheel.com. There's a lovely array of colors and feelings and and all those things. And it really uh, encourages uh, folks to really pinpoint what they're feeling in that moment. Maybe multiple feelings, maybe conflicting feelings, but all of them are valid, whatever you're feeling in that moment. but I think our relationship with emotions and feelings potentially have changed over time. Um, when we think about, you know, what we're taught growing up around emotions and feelings as black boys, what is that like? Or like, what are the messages we receive? You're
4: a uh, weak. Remember my grandmother called me a sissy because I we couldn't go to Chuck e. Cheese because my cousin got, uh, sick he wasn't feeling well and I was upset about that and she called me a sissy for that and uh like after that it was kind of uh just bury everything down if you're upset bury it down emotions make you look weak um and I've held on I held on to that for years decades and it wasn't until a few years ago where I understood it's okay to be emotional because you gotta you feel you're a person and no one's gonna know how you feel if you spend the whole time behind this mask of I'm good, like everything's okay, don't worry, and you're hurting inside.
0: That resonates uh for me as a as a young black boy. Uh I always got the or not always, but a lot of the time, majority of the time, I um I was given the, you know, boys don't cry treatment. Um, or, you know, the if you you know, like if you fall or you know, if you hurt yourself or uh for me a real big thing was I guess when it came to altercations and violence. So for me it was always the I couldn't lose a fight thing. Now, granted, you know, I guess, you know, came from a place of love, good intentions. The impact was different from the way it was executed. But yeah, like for me, something like that stands out for me as a young black boy with my emotions, I couldn't be like sad about a fight. I couldn't necessarily be scared about a fight either. You know, like, like granted, they would encourage me and stuff like that, but it would be more of a, you know, more of a, I guess, tough love push of just nah, like, you know, you can't lose. Like, you know, if you come back and you lose, like you can't be let in, you got to you got to, you know, turn back around. And so a lot of that for me in the sense of like the violence and just like you can't really cry or you can't process things in the moment. Uh, For me, I just remember like
3: as a young boy growing up, you could not cry. And if you were in like distress, you just had to just not show it. You just had to just what is it called? Like tough it up, tough it out, just take it so it was just like just take it and keep it mobile you had to pretty much just be numb and not feel anything
2: i know um, when i think about emotions coming up i think about being told that i was too sensitive so i think it's kind of in the same vein as like you know you're you're being too soft at this moment or softness is weakness you're not allowed to be uh scared and to be sensitive is to you know tell someone how, what you're feeling isn't isn't valid isn't validating. Um, so I learned that being sensitive or scared was not okay. Um, and if I was experiencing some level of anger, then more often than not, that was okay, depending on what that was and how much um, the people raising me wanted to deal with it. Um, But yeah,
1: those are my earlier memories. There's this this idea that emotions uh, equal weakness. Why do y'all think that is? I've 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 even heard that too. Um, I remember anytime it's always interesting that when you get a whooping, when you're when you're young, anyone who has experienced this, you cry, and they're like, "Stop crying." Well, I wouldn't be crying if you didn't beat me with this bell. (laughs) Yeah, on your skin. (laughs) what do you what what would you like me to do sir um but you know when we, we think about weakness uh a lot of us are taught about emotions it's usually equated with weakness i think we see that also um in sports a lot of the time too right aside from when folks are crying after they win you know a championship that's usually acceptable and i would say just recently it's been acceptable. Like if you see people, I- I've seen it. Like when you're watching college basketball, like and they're like in the final four, and then they cry when they lose, right? Like I feel like I'm starting to see that a bit more. Other than that, though,
0: emotions seem to be equated with weakness. Why do y'all think that is? Uh, I was gonna say, uh, of course, can't you 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 can't put your finger directly or you know like pinpoint it, but I would say uh, a lot of it comes from a place of liability in a sense you know like the tradition of liability for one's like masculinity um going into the whole like you know jokes on like masculinity being fragile and stuff like that and being prideful and stuff um but you know like i i would imagine over time or just in general too people you know, created that notion of like, oh, like if I'm emotional, if I, you know, if I show you sadness, if I show you my, if I show you what makes me sad, if I show you what gives me joy, if I show you what gets me excited, if I show you what, you know, makes me retreat inside myself, then technically it's a higher liability, air quotes for people that cannot say, higher liability for me to be hurt, you know, for me to be, like I said, vulnerable, for me just basically just being scared to, you know, be transparent. And be vulnerable. So that's where I say it's the I, from in my opinion, I would uh say like one of the factors or one of the bigger big influences is probably like a a a misconstrued perspective of like liability for like one's manhood or like one's own masculinity.
4: Um I just wanna say I think it it's uh some mis it's rooted in some misogyny because the only people that are allowed to have emotions are kids and women. Women can be upset that you did came home late, that you did something. Kids are upset when they don't get a toy, but men always, and they're seen as weak. Like traditionally women are weaker than men. Children are weaker than men. So it's seen you're being like them when you're being emotional because they relate emotions to weakness And that's related to women and children. Um, And so if you're acting, if you're showing emotion, that means you're acting weak, which means you're acting like a woman or a child. That's just, I was just thinking about that when you say something about the masculinity, because men aren't supposed to cry, but there's videos of Tuskegee Airmen crying. There's videos of... uh, like the veterans that stormed Omaha beach, no one would call, if that guy's crying, no one would call that guy a pussy because he did one of the most in- insane things like running up on a beach with machine gun shooting at him. So he's crying at his squad mate's funeral. No one's calling him, you know, less of a person. Nobody's calling him a woman or a kid. I uh, so there's exceptions for certain cert- where certain men can cry or just show any type of emotion but as of right now, it's just like hey, when people look at you when you're sad or depressed or anxious, people think you're just being weak.
1: I want to um, real quick provide a just a definition of misogyny, just in case, folks, uh, you know, we have folks that may not know what it means. Um, and this is just a simple Google search that anyone can do. <laughs> uh, but misogyny is the hatred of contempt or or prejudice against women or girls. It can also refer to the social systems or environments where women face hostility and hatred because they're women in a world created by and for men. Um and
0: then dash a historical patriarch. Um thank you for that, Mara. Yeah. Thank you. And that was Miriam or either Oxford. I would imagine one of the two, just for some people listening. It's towerhamlets.gov.uk, apparently. So check, check that out. But
1: uh, um, but yeah, you know, I I think you see a bit of I mean, you see massage all the time, but I think some of the main examples are um, how we don't believe black women. you right. When, when they, when they say, Hey, this person is harming me, this, this thing is happening. uh, We typically gaslight and we say, Mm -hmm. maybe you're being a bit too sensitive or maybe you're being too emotional because you're a woman, right? Is it, is it your period? All that kind of shit. Right, which is pretty fucked up because it is essentially saying that women, um, because uh, they are women, can't control their emotions. Whereas I would uh, kind of assume the opposite. It's all thought of the time. Um, that's why I'll go to sense. Josh, are you going to say something? No, nah, no, nah, I'm good.
0: Okay.
3: Um, oh, so I was going to say something. Um, With me being Jamaican, but coming from a West Indian background, the culture is very like hyper-masculine and so with showing your emotions it's more so seen as like you're being seen as being like a failure or you're letting people in on your weakness where they can control you and they can learn how to like do things to manipulate you. So (laughs) showing emotions is showing that these things can throw you off guard and throw you off balance pretty much. Similar to that liability
0: thing.
2: Yeah. A part of that liability, when I think about it, is like strange. It's like you can't be a boy or a man and have these feelings without some level of negativity behind it. Because I guess you have to be in a position to show masculinity or protect the facade of masculinity in that process of having emotions. And it's like, but if I am emotionless, then we have to talk about the toxicity with all of it. And at the end of the day, it's definitely helpful to have feelings and emotions, know what they are so that you can move through it. I would imagine that that should be the face of masculinity. But
1: what do I know? What do I know? And it usually, you know, from what I've seen in a lot of my clients is that a lot of men hold the, these emotions in for so long that they come into session or maybe it's just something out in the world, um, that kind of like out of get them to cry. And it's like an outpour of emotion because they've been holding in all of these emotions for months and sometimes even years. And you know, they finally feel, uh, you know, safe enough in a lot of these spaces, or sometimes they don't feel safe when it just happens, you know, out in the out in the world. But a lot of times in session, they they finally feel safe enough to, you know, be honest about how they're feeling. Um, So, you know, what for you all makes you feel safe, emotionally safe as black men? Like, is there something that folks can do? Is there an environment that is safe you know, how, to t- how how do you feel emotionally safe?
0: I have, a, okay, bear with me. Uh, never necessarily had that question asked before, so, but off the top of my head, uh, instantly thinking of it, I would honestly say, and I like this one now that I thought about it, I would say um, in order for me as a black man to feel emotionally safe in the space, whether it's like, regardless of who it's with, or, um, you know, or like race or whatever, I would say emotionally or positively, like emotionally challenge me, if that makes sense. It sounds like a mouthful to say, but granted for me, I'm kind of like used to tough love. I came from, you know, an environment of tough love. So I'm the type of person for me, I'm like, challenge me in the moments when I'm slipping or when I'm lacking um, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you know? So don't just like chalk it up to the typical masculinity rules of, you know, or the ebbs and flows of life and how things go. Like if I'm tripping, then, you know, like, let me know I'm tripping. Granted, you know, tell me in a respectful manner. Or, you know, if it feels like I'm suppressing an emotion and you think like your homie's suppressing an emotion or something really serious happened, you know, like, even if you don't think they need to talk, just be like, okay, how can I assist them? Like, how can I challenge them right now in a in a good way? That's how I think of challenges. So that's what I mean by uh, like positively, emotionally challenge me. Does that make yeah. sense? I guess I'm asking a different question though, because I'm saying, can you come into a space,
1: maybe you're feeling anxious, you're feeling fearful, you're feeling frustrated. What needs to happen so that you feel safe enough to open up and express that to someone? Game? Mm-hmm. I,
2: that's a great question. I need to feel like if, first of all, I need to have the agency to say, I'm feeling like this right now. And if what that feeling is isn't in alignment with what we're doing or what's going on, I need to at least have someone hold space and I need someone to validate how I feel. Then maybe I could move forward and get on with the get on, it just all depends. I know that for a long time uh, I was thinking about, when I was thinking about going to therapy, I was looking for a black woman because black women make me feel safe. I've also felt emotionally attacked by black women, but that's a whole, you know, that's kind of a different thing. But like, at the end of the day, my root is that I feel safe around black women. So I was looking for a black woman therapist at one point. And then a black woman therapist wasn't great for me after six months or whatever and said that maybe I should try a black man, but I wish that she had acknowledged, you know, some of the things she said and some of the hardiness she caused. However, there's truth, there's a yes and it's like, yes, this can be true and that can be true. And I think the other side of it is knowing that as long as I'm validated, as long as I can come in and not appear to be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Or, you know, anything that's gaslighting, I'm not here for it. So I need to be able to be validated in
3: the space, I think, and have someone hold space for me legitimately. Mm -hmm. For me, I would say that for me to feel emotionally safe, I need there to be like authenticity there as someone who's genuine. So when I'm speaking, they're actually listening and they're affirming what I'm saying and they're comprehending what I'm saying. So like, I remember mean, the first time that I went to the therapy, I had an older white woman and I told her, I was just like, well, I think that I may exp- be experiencing PTSD. And she was just like, well, no, you aren't experiencing PTSD because you're not a, a veteran. <laughs> and I was just like, well, like, I don't really think you're like culturally competent. <laughs> so that was like my last session with her. So i just didn't really feel like she understood what i was saying i kind of felt like she was gaslighting me within the session that we were having
1: wow she said she you're not a veteran and so you can't have ptsd huh yeah oh hell um i sometimes i like i want to apologize on behalf of all of the yeah. clinicians out there, because what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. T- um, took you back for a second. It's <laughs> like, where did you... Anyway, like, make me want to get her name and license. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> but uh, um, that, when I think about this question, um, you know, around safety, I think about um danger and harm. And so, like, And I would say if there's an absence of what I perceive as emotional danger, right, like that's when I'll feel safe. And so to your point or uh, what you were saying, Khalif, like women and uh, in particular black women have been safer for me historically. And so I feel a little bit safer to open up emotionally to black women because um, in my experience, I know people have different experiences, but in my experience, black women have always listened, understood, uh, you know, really tried to comfort me emotionally. Whereas black men, it's been harm, right? It's been danger. It's been harm. It's been stop crying. It's been man up. It's been all of these things to tell me that I should not be emotionally vulnerable in these spaces and that I need to, you know, shut the fuck up and hold it in. And so, um, I just, I think about what are the environments that promote Black men being emotionally uh, vulnerable. And I don't know how many there are, like, I, in, in group spaces anyway. Like, we can go maybe one-on-one in a relationship or a family member or a friend or whatever. But in, like, group spaces, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you'll be lucky if you have an a, a open-minded barbershop or, yeah, right. you know a cool chapter in your uh in your fraternity something like that.
2: Yeah, I guess I would also say maybe maybe the black church for some folks. Uh beyond that, I honestly don't know. That's a really good question. Um yeah, I'm you thinking of that one.
0: No clue. I guess maybe a gang too. Surprisingly enough. A classic gang, not like, you know, <laughs> You know, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Like West Side Story? <laughs> nah, not no greaser type. I mean, you like mean you know, know, like, you like, really like, with the intention. Like, like the Bloods and Crips? Yeah, like the old school Bloods and Crips with the intention that they had. You know, more so that rather than... You know, it's protecting the neighborhood. Yeah, actually, when gangs protected the neighborhood, when gangs were actually a place for young black boys who didn't have father figures in the home, when they actually like would confide in that group of you know men and legit open up. Granted, they were molded into certain types of people and whatnot, but they were at least felt comfortable, you know, like to open up. So, I don't have experience with old school
1: gangs, so I don't know. But if if, if if y'all know that to be true, then yeah, this is not saying we're not telling y'all to join gangs and listening, but <laughs> not nah, definitely don't join positive <laughs> community groups if, if you would like to.
0: There Maybe. you go. Um,
1: do you all feel like, you know, as we all are adults now that we've had to do a lot of work to kind of catch up with getting used to our emotions? Yeah. Um, I know emotions now show up in relationships and romantic relationships and friendships, right? Like what do y'all think has changed um, or what have you had to change around your own uh, connection with your emotions to show up in relationships? Uh, So
2: for me, uh, I think I just had to get comfortable with normalizing the fact that I was going to have emotions despite people telling me, that I'm not allowed to have emotions. And if I was sensitive, quote unquote, air quotes, about something, what did that actually mean? And trying to explore that, uh, having a background or being an artist allowed for me to filter my emotions. Like I, being a kid, I was in school plays. I did dance. Um, I competed in dance competitions, little known fact, but then I was told that that's what girls do. So then I started playing basketball um, and then I got a little bit older and I started writing poetry and then that was too soft. So I started writing rap and when I had angry feelings about things, I could put them in my raps in my journal or my diary. Well, I guess a journal cause you know, diary is uh, it's not for boys. And, um, and then deciding to get into the arts and being able to filter how I felt through characters, was my, my, I guess, my way of saying, okay, I'm allowed to have feelings. I can identify what this is at least. And if people are not okay with it, then I'm not okay with them. And that's that. So I can show up as my full self now, having done some of that work just by acknowledging like, I'm going to have feelings and I'm allowed to,
1: I'm human. It's really interesting thinking about what you were saying around poetry versus rap right cuz it's all poetry <laughs> right like rap songs all of the freestyles written down it's just poetry right like, even like the names between diary and journal right like you're writing <laughs> shit on paper <laughs> but why do, why are the names different and why do we hold on to meaning behind them? Mm, that that might be another conversation for another episode but for other folks how have your your connection to your emotions um, change as you've gotten older? And also how does it show up in your relationships? How does it affect your relationships? Hey, um, I
4: find myself, I call it emo dumping at times. Uh, I'm just willing to share now. I, I just don't care anymore. I'll just tell you how I'm feeling and let it be known because I'd rather you know where I stand and for me to cover up something and just fold it in and create like some weird resentment I just want you to know where I'm at and I just want to be heard and sometimes that annoys people but sometimes that opens people up and they're like oh shit we could do that here and then they're like damn you know I want to tell my wife I want to tell my partner that you know, I, they, she cooks everything in the crock pot and I hate it. And like you're, you, ha- everyone has their own stuff going on. It's just that you are all taught to cover it all up and it, it doesn't help you in the end. You got to get that, that energy out. You got to get that evil out. And once it's like vocalized, um, that's when you can start moving forward with the healing process and trying to find like some kind of solution or just work towards
3: something. For me, I was very, I was very numb and I was very like avoidant in expressing my feelings and emotions. So I would just avoid them and then let things bottle up over time. And then, just explode onto people which isn't healthy but now that i'm older and i'm maturing i try to really sit down and like process my emotions and my triggers to really like understand what's happening what's going on and why am i feeling this way so i try to be vulnerable and tell people friends or whoever i'm in a relationship with like what's going on and why i'm feeling that way that's what I'm aiming to do now. I wasn't knowing that before when I was younger.
0: That, that definitely resonates. Uh for me, similar to Dara, I was um, I was avoidant with expressing my feelings or emotions to people. Um, but I hid it, you know, like behind a smile. So I wasn't like, you know, angry or like stoic. I was just very like, you know, jokey or kind of nerdy. Um, but the way that I dealt with my feelings or process, my feelings rarely, or just attempted to the only outlet I had, um, being a creative was, you know, like a young artist was, uh, was just drawing, drawing, painting. Well, like Khalifa, um, I did poetry. So just all three of those little things were just, I would, you know, however I felt, I'm just expressing it that way. Um, and I did that a lot. And as an adult looking back, that helped me out a lot as a kid, because I probably would have, you know, snapped more times than I already did when you're pushed over, uh, you know, past your limit. Um, But then it made me realize uh, once I grew up and became an adult and responsibilities of life begun to, you know, hit in and life got a little more heavier, Um, I wasn't able, you know, to like do my art and have it, you know, be an outlet for my emotions, whether it's, you know, because of like patriarchy or whether because of capitalism, you know, now it's like difficult to actually express, you know, like my emotions as an adult through my art. And then um, that was kind of something that forced me into, you know, uh, like uh, like Eric said, just, you know, uh, processing and being like, it's OK to feel it's OK to express it to people. It's OK to like open up. And yeah, kind of like how it was for me.
2: Another thing, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, um, thinking about emotional safety and having worked out, you know, where I am now with emotion um, and feelings and how I show up in like several different sorts of relationships. I also have to feel like there won't be any retribution. Like I can't be, I, I talked about being invalidated earlier, but there's another thing to take the feelings that you have um, and have somebody thrown back at you as if, you're a threat. Oh, you're a threat. You're not allowed to. Oh, the angry black man. Th- those kinds of things will also obviously repress a particular thing. Um, and being able to work through how to what I like to call the Obama effect of like, because when he would be in, you know, these debates with Romney and um, and uh, McCain or whatever, like there were moments where I would watch him and I'm like, I know that feeling. I know that look. And I know he wants to pop off. And I don't want to pop off. But being able to not do that in a moment can also be helpful, knowing that it's going to get used against you. So that's also a part of the work, knowing when you can air something out versus when you cannot. And how you do it also plays a part in that.
0: It's it's very interesting that uh, Alif uh, brought up the... Um the word retribution or, you know, like, uh, use the word retribution because I feel like that is, um, at least for me, that stuck out. Cause I felt like that is one of like the core, like root things that kind of, you know, like the challenge or the hump for like masculinity in a sense when it comes to uh, expressing your emotions, because like retribution kind of ties in at least for me to a lot of what we all said to where, um, you know, like that's. That's like one of like the first things, you know, to like really feel safe and open up emotionally is to be like, okay, like it's almost like that trust, like, can I trust you to just put this out here because I'm supposed to be a man, but you know, I'm going to put it, here's my heart, you know, cut out my heart and put it out for you for this offering or wearing my heart on my sleeve. So it's like just the thought of, granted, it's something to unlearn within itself, but just the thought of. Oh, my God, I'm giving you the keys to the car. <laughs> what are you about to do? Like, I don't even know what you're going to do. You, you may not do nothing, but just, you know, you having the keys is so terrifying that, you know, a little crank, and I'm s- losing it. Well, not me, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking
1: about, like, my own experience of growing up queer and, having like, being hyper fucking aware of anything that seemed feminine because it's like not only the fear of being um maybe saying like "Oh, you crying like a bitch or you get too emotional munch- or whatever but also the fear of them finding out that i'm queer like that like that was the ultimate fear because you know when, when a lot of us were growing up like that's like the hit you know that, like you're getting bullied you're getting ridiculed you may get your ass beat like you know, that was incredibly terrifying. So that on top of trying to hold this. uh, This persona, this mask, this facade of who I'm not made me hyper, hyper, hyper aware of every little thing It made me, you know, second guess the way that I came up, the way that I said words, the way that I walked all like everything, because that fear of being, you know, like, found out. Um, I'm also thinking about relationships, too, in that I didn't want to speak up because I didn't want to cause an argument. I didn't want to cause a fight. I'm like, I don't want to argue. I just want peace. So, yes, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. Whatever. Right. Because happy wife, happy life. And, and that's something that a lot of us hear growing up and now I'm, I'm hearing other folks say happy spouse happy house kind of changing that to making sure that both the partners' needs get met but at the time it was like i'm gonna hold i'm gonna it was it's almost as if i felt like i was the uh, not better but 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 doing us both a favor by not by not speaking up and speaking out right it almost felt like i was just like i'm gonna I'm going to sacrifice my emotions so that she gets what she wants. Right. And it really was not the fucking case because it made everything worse.
0: And the martyr. Ooh, yeah. What I thought was a martyr. But <laughs> the greater good. I feel you on that. That's why I'm like, that's what that parachute.
1: <laughs> yeah. What a fucked up way of thinking, though. like, <laughs> right.
2: I did. Yeah. To be wired that way fucking sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sucks. sucks. Uh, I had to be told that once a few years ago, like years back of like, you know, somebody, um, a really dear friend of mine was like, well, damn, Khalid, this sounds like you sacrificed how you felt for the sake of peace. And I was like, I did. Fuck, I absolutely did. And no wonder I would then at times blow up because I'm not really like, I'm not a yeller, I'm not really like uh, a fighter. Like I, I was bullied as a kid. And so, because I was quiet uh, and never really talked about how I felt in those kinds of ways. But then again, realizing those things as I got older was just like, okay, I can't do that happy spouse, happy house thing. Cause it's not happy. Cause the moment I say something about any little thing, it comes out in a particular tone, then it's, oh, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? And then I can rattle off like 20 things cause I'm a Virgo and I've been sitting on it for a little bit. So
0: yeah, I'm really glad you said that. That really resonates with me. Ooh, what you just said made me think because now it's almost like, it's almost like looking at it from a weird perspective of are you in fear of retribution or would you rather build resentment? Cause one of the other is gonna happen, right? If you, you know what I mean? Like you either take the chance of retribution and feel it and all right. Yeah, or you don't, like we said, we just going to parachute it, be quiet, happy, I not know, happy, whatever. And now the resentment builds because that's how I had to unlearn that people pleasing pattern or, you know, that whole, like what you just like embodied and said, uh, Khalif. That's how I had to unlearn it. I was just like, oh snap. I'm like, Yo. I had a moment, of course, where my resentment was just building and building and building and it blew up. And when I sat with it, I was like, yo, that was resentment and it's purest. I'm like, it like got me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. But to what you said earlier when you brought up retribution and then to what you just said now, that just clicked with me where I'm like, yo, retribution or resentment.
2: Man, that's major. That's absolutely major. And when we're talking about what we learned about emotions, I can guarantee you not one person on here is going to say we were ever taught about resentment because that's something that I didn't learn about until I was a full adult. And how was that possible? Like I didn't know that because I was holding something in and I was building it up, that that was resentment. And then we're having a reaction to resentment.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And technically we were taught what it was. We just weren't taught how to navigate it. We saw it every day. Whether you was in that house, at the house, at the the poppy store, the bodega, wherever, at the hospital, wherever you was, single parent, old daddy, mommy, grandma, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. 100. Yep. It's almost like resentment isn't allowed.
1: Right? Like, we're just supposed to keep it pushed down. Right? And so, uh, I think it was Daryl that said, um, you know, there, there's this build up of like intense emotion and then something happens and everybody gets it. Right. Legal. Or we, we self-suit. Right. So that's this point where it's just like, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm gonna smoke some weed. I'm a, I'm a drink. I'm gonna have sex. I'm gonna do something to to, to make myself feel emotionally better. Um, uh, that's acceptable that no one really
3: to yourself at or just to numb yourself. So you don't or feel just it. to numb
0: yourself.
4: But then yeah. don't you f- feel it even more like then you feel bad, like, especially if you're doing, uh, like drugs or alcohol or things like that. Like it goes away for a while, but the thing is still there. And then the next day you feel like crap, so it's it's like the double whammy. I guess that temporary relief is just all you're looking for.
3: No, I think that goes into just being avoiding. That's how you avoid the emotions and the issues by S- self.
0: Sadly, it sounds like the beginning stages of addiction yeah, because it yeah. begins the cycle of when you're running and you're trying to. It's like. It's it's self-soothing at, you know, the beginning stages, I would imagine, but then when it becomes a pattern and, like, a crazy, crazy habit where it's like you can't control it, you know? You can't control when you... So- you don't have a choice when you self-soothe, like, when it's technically you self-soothing. Now it's just, like, a thing. And it It's...
4: To hop on that, it becomes, like... Then it becomes your routine. Like, if you have a drink after a bad day at work, suddenly... Well, I'm speaking from personal experience. When I would have a drink after a bad day at work, suddenly I found myself having a drink after work. Then I'd have a drink. I would, I would just rationalize, "Oh, today was a good day at work. Let me, I'll have a drink." Today was a bad day at work. I'll have a drink. And then suddenly, I'm just drinking after work, and it's no longer like to escape that bad feeling I had. That it became my routine, and like you said, addiction. And that be, then that's when it starts hurting me. And then, you know, I'm messed up every day. And so, of course, I'm going to have bad days at work when I drink all night, wake up hungover. It's things aren't going to go good for me if I got to wake up at 6 a.m. and I don't feel good. So I'm having a bad day at work and then I have a drink at the end of the day. And it's just a cycle that I'm stuck in like an addiction cycle and I can't break out of it. So I, th- I think that's where that comes from.
2: It makes me think of this quote. It literally just made me think of this quote by Zora Neale Hurston um, that goes, if you're silent about your pain, they will kill you and say that you enjoyed it. So do not
3: be silent about your pain. I love that. For some reason, this kind of made me think of, I forgot what song it was by Kanye. The old Kyat, <laughs> where he was like, what's your, what's your addiction? Is it cars? Is it girls? Is it weed? I've been afflicted, but not, by not one, not two, but all three.
0: Ooh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's addiction. Okay.
3: Oh, yeah. I
1: yeah. it looks right on schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's real. And I think he knows, or he knew who he was talking to. Cause a lot of us as black men, black and brown men, we have our thing.
3: Talking to the niggas. <laughs> it's what? What did he just say? He was talking to the niggas. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but I think, you know, that's also something that we typically hide. And so for him to write about it, write about it and perform it in a song, I think, you know, was also really, uh, um, uh new, you know, especially for for that time. Wow, I'm saying that time because it was a little while ago. Uh <laughs> sheesh. Um I'm, so a, a lot of what we have been talking about today is around safety, around people not, not judging, uh, around feeling um understood essentially. Um what
0: what makes you feel understood as a black man? All right. What makes me feel understood as a black man is allowing me to define my masculinity. I
4: I would say when people don't have preconceived notions about me, um they they're not expecting me to be a certain way. And uh I don't it makes me feel good when people aren't surprised when the real me is present in front of them. And that makes me feel like secure.
2: Someone mentioned this earlier, but I would say for me, it's knowing that there's authenticity going both ways. So if I show up as my authentic self, I'm getting other folks in their authentic moments, allowing me to be, and I can allow them to be. And however that looks, as long as it works,
3: we're good. Yeah, I think for me, it's that's right on what Khalif is saying for me to just be who I am and live my life and do what I do. Like, not to really put me in a box. Like, I don't know. Like, I like listening to lately, I've been listening to like country music, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> who you been listening to? <laughs> uh, what Morgan, War- Morgan, Morgan Wallin? What do you get? He has a couple Ooh, of his yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's not, it's not bad, but I'm just like, as a black man, like, black we men were the first them. cowboys, but we not listening to the country.
4: You gotta listen to rebel country, not like pop country, <laughs> like or blue, like a uh, bluegrass folk music, which has the still has that country twang. Um, but yeah,
3: uh, but yeah, like, but that's the thing I feel like as black men, like we have to be place into these boxes of like well you have to listen to hip-hop or you gotta dress a certain way like you can't wear certain colors you gotta walk a certain way it's talk a certain way it's kind of like we can't just be who we are because when you do things differently it just gets criticized and scrutinized
1: well i'm hearing everything that makes you all feel understood and i'm kind of taking those and dropping them in like the world right and so and I, you know, I I know I spend a lot of time on social media, so I see a lot of <laughs> shit <laughs> um, all the time. And you know, there's this, this people acting sassy, right? Like this is like, this word that's coming out that y'all sassy men, sassy men, and zesty yeah. men, which is all coded for gay, right? Uh, and I'm I'm wondering how do we shift specifically around black men. To be more accepting of different black men right like there was just a video that i saw of Dwayne wade and how he was just how he was just showing us how he put on his socks uh and shoes before he played basketball and he had black nail polish on his thumb and on his his his, his little finger on both hands and people in the comments were like i could not even pay attention because i was looking at the nail polish And it's just like, wait, what? So I'm wondering, like, how how can we lean into the acceptance as a Black male community when there's so much homophobia um, in it? I should say,
3: like, society... So society, to me, feels Black men. It's almost like we pass down, like, a legacy of trauma. And a lot of times it's like Black men we're not able to get our flowers until we die. We get them like at our funerals. So I think that we have to be able to just give black men their flowers now. Like let people be who they are, like what they like, do what they do, and not question it or look at it as something negative. I feel like we should like embrace men who are eccentric and who are just living their lives as who they are and embrace it, embrace their authenticity.
2: I it, Stuff like that really, really burns me up. And I think there's two things that, that should probably happen. One is that we have to realize that what Dwayne Wade eats won't make them shit. Like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. That's that man's body. So one thing we have to do is shut the fuck up. We just have to shut up. If we don't like something, we have to shut up in that particular space. But if we if we really want to do better, we have to have the difficult conversations, and maybe we have to find those places to actually speak on, oh, why wow, I couldn't just look at the video because his nail, wallet, his fingernails are black, and then we have to get to the root of it. But I can guarantee you that some of these dudes don't know the root of their issue. So then I would say therapy because you gotta somebody has to be able to sit. You have to pay them to listen to this BS to see where the root cause is. That actually really quickly reminds me of um, a a photo that a friend of mine posted on Facebook, not long ago, where it was a son, I mean, a uh, father kissing his son. And so many black men were like, nah, I, I wouldn't be kissing my son. I'm like, "Kissing my What? So I did it, and I'm like, well, why? Why? And I just, I told my friend, I said, don't argue with him. Just ask questions. Why? Wow. What about that makes you feel uncomfortable? Why? Tell me more. You're like, I don't have to explain it. It's just how I feel. You can feel that way. I'm not telling you not to. I'm asking you why. And of course, they couldn't answer that. At the end of the day, they stopped. And then I was like, all right, I'll stop. But that's what I decided to do, ask questions. And when they can't answer, it lets you know everything you need to know.
0: Thank you so much, Khalid. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Um,
4: I'm just going to say one quick thing about Dwayne Wade thing, and I must say how we can all get along. Um, athletes are really athletes and gamblers are really superstitious and Dwayne Wade has kids. So it could have been one day he was playing with his kid, his kid painted the nail, and then he went up and put out, he put up 35 that night. He's like, okay, so that's the reason like he's doing it. I know my dad calls me every day. Every before every Eagles game, he calls me. And he has to talk to me for exactly three minutes and then hang up the phone. That's his superstition. So I don't understand what. Like everyone has their thing, especially if you're a sports fans or a gambler, you have your own thing that you do that doesn't seem rational at all, but to you, it makes complete sense. Um, and as far as getting along with each other, you just I. Would let people know, like, look, we have one thing not in common. If you, if like straight people are having problems getting along with queer people, like, look, we have one thing not in common. Think of how many friends you have where they want sausage pizza and you want pepperoni pizza. It's you, there's one simple thing. You can't let that one thing divide you and prevent you from making a friendship with somebody that's cool, you know? And, we all we got, CMB, man. So we got to look out for each other. So y'all got to get over it and make some friends because if you're at the ball and these white people start tripping, I need to know that you got my back and I got yours.
0: <laughs> y'all, uh, y'all are great, right? Um, so, uh, I'll keep mine as brief. Like Khalif said, um... Well, first I was uh I was gonna say definitely just stop the competition. That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna send email for like uh for black men within the community, no matter what, just to get along, whether like their sexual um preferences or orientations or anything of the such. Um yeah, stop the competition. Cause a lot of the time for me, that that that's what irks me. It's almost as if like it's a us versus them or us versus whoever. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, like it's this. This is not the East versus the West. This is not, you know, like and then like because for me, I'll hear a lot of the agenda stuff going, and it just pisses me off. I get so irked that I'm just like, yo, y'all are sounding like GMs of a of a sports organization, and you're trying to get the number one draft pick. Like this is not that. So please, number one, cut the competition. This is stop it. Secondly, just like Khalif said. Sit down and have the difficult conversations. Cause if you can't sit down and have a difficult conversation, then I'm sorry. You really need to question your own true masculinity and just who you are. Cause at that point, just, talk, just uh, yeah, it's this it's we all at the pizza shop. Like Eric said, we all at the pizza shop at the end of the day. So hey man. Hey, man. Hey, man. It's-
2: <laughs> right. I feel like there's a lot that could be said, too, about the the masculine straight presentation being so caught up in the presentation of anything else that isn't perceived as masculine. Like, you're more concerned about that than anybody else is. And you're the loudest about it. Should I say pause in that moment? Because y'all are so concerned with it, it kills me. People would have hated me. Like, I'm a dad. And my daughter not made me, but you know, she's a Virgo. So, you know, three or four years old, she likes to wear headbands. I'm with her all the time. She's like, daddy, you going to wear this headband. I said, okay, cool. She's like outside. And I'm like, uh, okay, all right, I'm going to do that. And then the house, we plan dressed dress up and I'm wearing tutus on my head and everything else. They will probably say all sorts of stuff about me on the internet, but let them because they're they're more pressed about this thing than I am. And I got a daughter, so I got to show up for her as authentically as I can.
0: It makes you wonder too. I don't know how you feel about this, Marvin. It makes you wonder. Uh not not nothing against what you just said too, uh, Khalif, but um why a lot of the time it does it take for like a guy, you know, to like have a daughter. You y'all know the saying, like when they're like, Oh, you know, once you have a oh blah blah blah, this that and the third, you can have the most hood, most rugged, manliest man of man's. He has a daughter. He may still be a misogynistic piece of shit, but he's going to shift and become slightly like, you know, more delicate and softer and be the most manliest girl dad ever. And it's just like, oh man, well, you don't think your mom would do it, it. Your sister would do it. Like,
3: everybody except Boozy. <laughs> yeah. I I think you need some
4: things <laughs> to hit you before it's real to you. Like, you shouldn't have to have a sister to know that putting something in someone's drink at the bar is bad or assaulting someone's bad. You shouldn't have to have a sister that that happens to to feel like, oh, now it's real to me. Like, some things are common sense. And like you said, like, girl dads, you got to you got to be there for your kid. That's your kid. So you dads will blow up the planet for their daughter. So putting on some, if she wants to play dress up and put on make, put makeup on you, you gotta do it. You drink imaginary tea. You play with dolls. You, whatever, because that's your kid, and you gotta do whatever it takes to create like a real trusting bond between you and your child.
2: I mean, we did that, and we did absolutely that, and I, and I love that question, Josh, about like you know, because I had a, uh, a friend. We're not friends anymore, unfortunately, but would um, ask me, like, oh, why do you think that when guys have a daughter, then they exchange? For some of them, it do. And I think that that's their reckoning, knowing that other guys ain't shit. And if we can do that then, we can do that before then, we can do that through the process. And like you said, Eric, you don't need to have a sister to, to know that these things are wrong. You don't. At all. So, yeah, I could talk about that all day. But but
4: like you said, oh, sorry, Mark. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, Clee, you grow up and you tell your daughter she's getting dating age and you're like, yo, guys ain't shit. All they want from you is this. Display that normally through your life. You know guys ain't shit then. If you had to wait 15, 16 years until your daughter was dating age to finally vocalize that, you've held on to this secret for 15 years. Like, tell your friends, dude, don't do things. Don't do bad things to women. Hey. Don't ghost yeah. that girl. She seems nice. If you know guys ain't shit, try to get your guys in order, please.
0: Yes, how, how have a good you guy. Keep that secret. <laughs> yes, yes. Since yes. you held the secret, how dare you keep that secret? It's, I'm sorry. That's like yeah. It's it's very. It's a great moment. It's like it's true and very comedic at the same time. Like how dare you hold on to the secret and do nothing about it except for just bestow it upon you, and open it up, and dust it off. Niggas ain't shit. All right, I'm the way to tell you that's good. <laughs> but I didn't do nothing to the community or within my family to do anything about it. For real. But I knew it, and I will share this information on my dying breath.
1: I did I it it makes me think so. And you know, the mental health world we have this uh a theory. I think, it's, I think it's a theory, uh, but it's um or a modality called CBT or, or cognitive behavioral therapy. And the quick and dirty of it is. Is how your thoughts connect to your emotions that then connect to your behaviors or your actions. And, you know, it's, I, I'm thinking about how a lot of men have the thought part and have the behavior part down, but that emotional part seems to be missing. And there's something about when you mention having a kid, especially having a daughter, it almost forces the emotion out of men so then it like so this is like oh i love this you know child i don't want pain to come her way so then it's just like now now i'm emotionally invested now i care now i'm now i have feelings like worry right now i have feelings like anxiety you know if she you know when she goes to to, to school right and I think even similar when it comes to, similarly when it comes to uh, uh dating, right? The daughters are now dating and now in uh, some guy's mind, it's just like, oh no, this is just another, you know, female I'm a run through. But then now it's like, oh wait, my daughter's going to be a woman. And like, so so then it clicks, right? There's no emotion when we think about this female I'm a run through. But for my daughter, oh no, she can't, she can't be harmed. If any harm comes her way, I'm a protector, right? And so there's something about not being emotionally connected when it comes to a lot of men dealing with their, I don't know, know, their romantic partners jump offs, whatever, (laughs) versus someone that you really love and care and are emotionally connected to. Um. Man, we got work to do. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a it's a constant
2: thing. It, the work is constant. We're never going to be completely healed. It's always a process of. If there's no ing on the end of it, you're not doing it right. I mean, it just is what it is. And each one's each one. We do legitimately have to do better. Like Eric said, if we're holding on to the secret, then we have to do better amongst our peer group. We got to do better amongst. Like the father figures, the uncles, and what have you. Because once we get this thing turned around, life is going to be better for so many people.
1: And for ourselves. And for ourselves, yes. Black men ourselves. Like the number of people who are holding in emotion and then letting it just like fly out in different ways, what that looks like, how that like harms people, how that harms ourselves, right? And the number we talk about I, we talked about this before, but like suicide and self-harm when it when it comes to mass shootings, when it comes to general violence. Right. And I think it back to that word resentment. And I'm like, damn, how much does resentment play into kind of these violent out, outbursts and these this violence, this verbal violence or physical violence? How much how much does emotion play into it and the holding in of emotion? right like how much um if folks were given just some conflict resolution skills, how many how how many uh conflicts could just be done with? I mean a part of that work is listening
2: to this podcast, part of that work could be finding you know a community space uh hey. you know what I'm saying like all that all that is is a part of the process.
1: I was going to say, as we wrap up, you know, you know, there are black men out there who want to express their emotions and may not have a safe space to, may not feel like they are able to. I know there are black women out there because I feel like I get asked all the time that my husband, brother, boyfriend, father does not express his emotions. What can I do? Um, What would you say to those folks?
2: I'm going to jump right in real quick and say, say that Marvin Tolliver runs a men's group. Okay. <laughs> Listen, gotta let him know. This men's group is popping. This is how we all got to be where we are now.
1: And we're still How much you pay you to do this? <laughs> Y'all, um, I don't see them at all. <laughs> no,
2: no, I am not paid. I know we got to do our due diligence cause we on the internet. Um, not being paid to say that, like, like legit, like we all have been able to come together because of Marvin's men's group, um, which is happening once, maybe twice a year, sometimes, you know, running together now. So that is one, one bonafide way to just go ahead and get some stuff out, say how you feel and be challenged on it. Because I think we said it at the top, but it's like, I think Josh said it. We want to be challenged in the things that we are feeling so that we can, we can do right. Another thing, another thing would be therapy. Don't just assume that you can emotionally dump on your partner, whether they're male, female, they, them. Don't just do that because that's going to affect your relationship negatively. And if you have kids, don't put everything on them either because they they didn't ask for it. They didn't ask to be here. They didn't ask for your problems. Don't put it on them. Um, find these spaces and trust that you're going to come through better better than you ever have by continuing to do that work
0: i'm gonna follow up of course everything he said and if you cannot uh if you cannot or refuse to look towards the therapy route and you are a black man um and you know you want to express yourself and work on some stuff i would honestly say find a friend find a black male friend that you that that you feel comfortable with talking to maybe not pouring your heart out but At least it's progression. I would say find one. And then once you find that one, like Khalif said, don't dump all on him. Don't just, oh, yeah, you're my one emotional friend. I got all the other party friends. Don't do that. Please don't. It's how you mess it up. Find that one friend. Y'all create a community, create a network and begin to build. Go to an event. Maybe if you see like maybe a mental health or a healthcare event or something of the sort, go like be uncomfortable. Do those weird, uncomfortable things that you question because they may work. Those resources may actually work. And then of course still look actively look for therapy or some form of therapy because they keep it a buck. Y- yeah, you 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 need someone to properly challenge you. You need someone, you know, that's actually trained to sit down and help you kind of pull it apart so that you can put it back together. Um, because that shit that happened when you was five, it's still there. That shit happened to you when you was 10, it's still there. That shit happened to you when you was 15 and you told everybody you was cool and you was the man. It's still there. So yeah. And finally, my last, um, my last, but I just wanted it to be the last thing, but it was my first resource. Yeah. Hundred percent. Marvin Tolliver, he has his men's group. He has like a whole bunch of that. That's just this whole thing within itself. So just check out Marvin. Uh check out Marvin's group. It's like Khalif said, it's the reason why I met these great Black men, and they are legit my brothers. They are my community, and it's just ever-evolving and ever-growing, and it has done wonders for me in 2023, and it will even do way, way more greater things in 2024. So legit, just find find that community, man. Find that community. Thank you.
3: I would say to, you have to give Black men, the Black men in your life, greatness because we've been through a lot in America. We have, like, a history and a legacy of trauma. i also say, like, give the Black men in your life flowers. A lot of Black men have never received flowers in their entire lives. They don't know what it means to feel, like, appreciated, loved on, or they don't really know what it means to even have, like, affection in their lives. And also, like, with this healing journey, it's a lot of hard work. And it's a lot of like ups and downs. So like you have to give people patience because as you're unlearning and relearning a lot of unhealthy and toxic behaviors, and that's going to take time. Um, I just want to say we, it's all about the
4: effort. You just got to put in some effort. That's all a little bit goes a long way you don't have to it's baby steps you don't have to you don't you don't have to like just go all out your first attempt just just try a little bit here and there a little effort here and there to try to like be comfortable exposing like telling your feelings and you'll find out it becomes more and more comfortable and soon you'll be able just to talk openly and freely And you'll look back and it's like, why was I so uh, just like sheltered and reserved when once you start talking about issues and problems you've had, you realize that you're not alone. There's hundreds of other people out there experiencing the same thing. And you will never know if you and those other hundreds of people are suppressing everything you feel. So don't be afraid to be open. Just do a little bit at a time. Test the waters till so you feel comfortable, and then jump in the deep
1: end. Um, first, thank y'all for you know shouting out the the, the groups. Uh, greatly it. and it's, it's dope that it's had such a, you know, positive impact on on y'all. So I appreciate that. Um, you know we we all have mental we all have mental health, right? Just like we all have physical health, right? Some people have physical health that is a bit more poor. Some people have physical health that is fantastic with mental health. Some people have mental health that is poor. Some people have mental health that is fantastic. And if there is resistance to opening up and being emotional for the black men out there, I just want to say. Why? really think. Why? Why am I so resistant to opening up around my emotions? What does that now mean about me? What does that now mean? for me. And if that is connected to weakness or some type of sexuality or anything like that, that's complete bullshit. <laughs> but wherever you got this idea from that it is connected to those things is bullshit because we all know that when you are alone by yourself and those negative emotions come up, you're doing something to push them back down. You're doing something and let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. No bullshit. That's that's something that I always want from all of my groups. My sessions is no bullshit, right? Like you have to love yourself enough to do some shit. That's pretty fucking scary. You have to love the people around you enough to do some shit. That's going to be uncomfortable. And if there are so many people, Not just the black men on this, on this episode of the podcast, but there are so many other people that have said, Hey, this has really been helpful for me. Why not try it? Why not? What is the actual worst that could happen? You cried? You might. But as one of my clients, former clients, said, when I cry, I release my demons. I was like, Ooh. Okay. All right,
0: bro.
1: Yeah. Any final thoughts, ideas, comments, anything before we end? This was a dope episode. Yet another dope conversation.
0: Well, all the black men out there, wherever you are at in your journey or uh, process of being a black man, just know it's okay to sit with your emotions. It's okay to sit with them. Whether it's in the wee hours of the night or in the brightest of the day, it is okay to sit with your emotions and process that shit. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but it's okay.
4: Um, just real quick, uh like Josh was saying, be comfortable with your emotions. We're talking opening openly and honestly right now to the internet. You can sit with your homie for a few minutes. And really tell them what's going on, how you feel, like grab a Mountain Dew or a beer or boot up the PlayStation, something. But if we can do it. You can do it. And we are encouraging you to do it because it it only make you happier in the long run. And healthier.
2: I'm just going to circle back to the quote from earlier and say, if you're silent, silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it when we get out of the here trying to kill us and telling us that we enjoyed it. So don't do that. And also don't be so loud on the internet that you're causing harm to other people. That's not the place to air it out. Um, Like, like Eric said, find, find a good friend, find that homie and do something. I found the arts, you know, you could do the arts. You can do something to filter that, that, that those feelings through so that you've, are healthy first, and then your family is healthy, and then the communities are healthier because we all we got, we all we got. So this is is our labor of love to you and to us and to ourselves individually to say that you can do this. You can sit with some difficulty. We got you, we got us.
3: I was gonna say like, we need, like we need our black men to show up, show love, like have our backs because like we're needed like we need people to laugh cry like chill do the work and just just be better all
1: right y'all thank y'all again for another dope conversation um i'll see y'all next time and uh hope that y'all are good all right y'all peace out peace everyone Thanks for listening to the episode
2: of Dear Black Man, You Good? If you have any suggestions for future topics or questions you want answered on the show, email us at dearblackmanpodcast at gmail.com. That's dear, podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast by hitting that notification button and follow us on Instagram at dearblackman underscore you good. Black men remember, we see you, we hear you, we love you, we are you, we out.